Uh, welcome back to the For Film Sake Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Archie, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And today we're going to be talking about A Bronx Tale. Hey. But before we get into any of that, ketchup? Ketchup. Mustard? Mustard? Relish? Honey S- mustard? Honey. Sweet and sour? Sweet and, yes? Yes. You'd listed those way quicker than I could think of them. You know, I, I was thinking about it because of the McDonald's thing. Oh, I was yeah. About all those sense. different sauces I could mix together. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had cookout yesterday. What'd you get? I got uh, two big double cheddar style burgers. Two big doubles and what cheddar style? Cheddar style. It's oh, cheddar like, style. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, style. yeah. It's just mm-hmm. Melted cheese, onions, oh, yeah. and bacon. Yes. Ah. I'm with it. Ah, I'm with it. So Especially good. the bacon. Because they do their bacon right. Like you oh, actually yeah. get some nice, like, size strips of bacon. And like, and it's crispy bacon, it too. Is. It's not that none of that soggy rubbish that you got at Wendy's. Now, now what I'll tell you, the, what, what, what they did fuck me yeah. is, well, I'll let you decide if, if I got fucked or not. So, so I'll, I'll go there well, once this happened to me. So I, I, I ordered a uh, cheese fries, but I was like, hold on, let me, they already have bacon because I've had their bacon on the burger. So mm-hmm. I ordered um, like bacon on my cheese fries, like mm-hmm. bacon cheese fries. I opened it up. There was fries. There was melted cheese all over it. Mm-hmm. And there were four strips of oh, bacon, bacon on top of my fries. You know, like, not diced or cut or in any kind of way, just four strips of bacon, bacon. laid on top of it. They're not wrong. Uh, I mean, by, by title, <laughs> by title, no, they're, sure, they're, they're right by title. Yeah, they're not wrong, <laughs> but they did kind of fuck you a little, a little bit. Because <laughs> you can't really get them out and crumple them because they're all covered in melty cheese now, so yep. you just kind of have to eat strips of bacon and That's fries at the same time. Exactly what it's it a minor inconvenience, yeah. but it's one that I'm annoyed at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like, get it. It still got delivered to the same place, you yes. know, with, without fault, but I mean, but still. But you need that, because the, the, the point of the bacon is to create that crunch, the that texture. With each that, bite, yeah. Yeah. And I had to create that myself now. I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah. Fucking asshole cookout. I mean, but no, you do as well. I mean, I, I'm not the disparage cookout. You do us very well. But, you know, yeah. You, but there was one, that, that one time where you were a fucking asshole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Won't be forgetting that. I love how technically correct that is yeah. and how awful it is at the same time. Yeah, man. Did you see mm. it, that uh, that Joe, do you know Joe Jackson, uh, Michael Jackson's dad? Yes. He had died yesterday, I believe oh, it was. Oh, what the fuck? Last I night, yeah. Yeah, 89 years old. Um, he's not going to get much sympathy, although, you know, someone did pass and die. But he is, right. like, pretty highly regarded as a terrible asshole. Yeah, I mean, wasn't he, like, a child abuser and a misogynistic yeah, piece of shit? Yep. All yeah. of it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like he, he was pushing Michael Jackson and the rest of his fam- family. You know, Janet Jackson, Tito, all of them. Yeah, you know, into what became greatness, but at what cost? You yeah, know, right. Like when like you see just... what Michael Jackson turned into and the rest of his family, and it's just like uh... they're all fucked up. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't really. He yeah. died. I'm yeah. sorry he died. Yeah. Sorry for anyone's like lost that cared about him. Yeah, I, I mean, I love Michael Jackson. I mean, I love the guy. You know, right. but but his his father is just like yeah. uh, they, they. Nobody really had great things to say about the guy. Yeah. You know, that's I don't know. I, I I haven't heard your new show, but I know that you talked about mm-hmm. Tentacions. That, oh, Exorcist Tentacion, yeah. Because um, I saw the tweet, mm-hmm. but that is that is a thing that every time I see it on Twitter, mm-hmm. I get even more mad at it. Oh, I talked about that on, on, on the show. Yeah, I mean, it's because there, there's two things like talked about separating the art from the artist. I was like, I really liked his music, like the song "Sad." I really liked, and mm-hmm. I liked a lot of his upbeat. Me and Jonathan, uh, we talked about him a lot, but I was like, we're we talking about him as a person. I mean, let's talk about Bill Cosby. Right. Let's talk about, like, he should be regarded just as the, the same way as all these other despicable human beings. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, I mean... And it's just, yeah. like, every time I see someone go just be, like... And I see this tweet a lot, and I, the formula for this tweet is, mm-hmm. like, you all, uh, like, like to talk shit about Tentacion yeah. when he was alive, but now that he's dead, you're either paying respects or expressing sympathy, mm-hmm. or you all... He did a mistake, 
yada, 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 he was young, being a better person, yada, yada, yada. Like, those are the two basic formulas of tweets that yeah. I see. Yeah. And every time I see them, I just go, like, yeah. who gives a shit? He beat a gay dude, like, like to the point, you know, just by looking at him. I mean, that's not the only thing he did. He shoved a spatula up his uh, girlfriend's vagina. Right, yeah. Point. He beat, you know, his girlfriend to, like, she was, like, half blind in one eye. Yeah. Or something like that. I, I, I was mean, going through the list. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like, but you're right. He mm-hmm. did a lot of shitty things. Oh, yeah. I don't. But, like, then the idea is, like, two days, and, like, the two days immediately after he's, he, he died, yeah. people, Twitter was just fucking overflowing with that shit. Yeah. And people were just, like, going fucking crazy about it. Mm-hmm. And people were shitting on other people for not mourning the personal presence of this guy. Mm-hmm. Sure, he did some great music. Yeah. I haven't really heard it. Yeah. He may be good at it. I don't know if I like it. But mm-hmm. I'm sure he did some great art. Okay. But just don't fucking get on my case because I'm not mourning an abuser. A constant, oh. consistent abuser, fucking hypocrites on Twitter. Oh yeah, you I mean, fucking... if, if you don't if you don't know the guy and what you know about him is the terrible things, then why should you not recognize that? Yeah, right. I mean that's that's the thing from when people have a hard time separating things from their idols or people that they really enjoy. They don't want to see that negative side and they want to defend it to the death. Right. You know, this is a person, I love his music, I love what they stand for. And yes, I recognize, you know, that, that Chris Brown whooped Rihanna's ass, right. but I like Chris Brown's music. <laughs> it's like, that's kind of where they're going Just from. a question. And every time someone brings Chris Brown's, like, I have the mm-hmm. same rush of feeling. Mm-hmm. She's going like, why are you okay with anything it that man be. is doing? His be. career in the industry should be fucking dead. Sure, so. Wall to Wall was a nice song. I forgot about that I song. Guess, yeah, that was the one song I remember <laughs> from him. <laughs> Damn. Wall to Wall was an okay song, right. but he still did that. His mm-hmm. career should have effectively been over it's, I mean, talent, at that point. Talent just, like, overrules everything. <laughs> I mean, we see it time and time again. Like, it's just in, in all forms of entertainment. I mean, even past entertainment, just in the world in general. Like, yeah. talent is just going to overrule everything until the talent runs out. And when it does, then we're ready to bury you, right. cocksucker. Which is what I think is happening to Kanye at the moment. That, that's what they try. But, but yeah. well, it's not happening, like, because he produced good things. That's why he's not on the pitchfork. Like, after all the things that he said, yeah. you know, about slavery being a choice, for right. slavery for 400 years, that sounds like a choice to me. You know, why ain't y'all changing things? You know, it's like, the things that he said, like, it was, I was even there. I was like, Kanye, I don't know. I might have to start putting you on this, separate yeah. the art from the artist, because you going a little bit with this. I don't know, you know, but what I will, you know, say for him is like as much as we talk about how terrible the things Kanye says is, mm-hmm. what about his actions, you know, as far as like um, Me Too? I haven't seen him on that. Yeah, right. You know, it's like there will be a number of, if, if Kanye was any kind of a terrible person the way that we put in the light of these other type of people, then it would surely come out like so sure. quickly, you know, because of the kind of asshole that he is, you yeah. know, would love to tear this guy down. So, I mean. He's always petering that line, though. That's what I'm saying. You know? Yeah. That's like, saying, he's but, always in that line where he mm-hmm. says something awful or mm-hmm. does something awful as some weird publicity stunt, mm-hmm. and then immediately releases something that's good enough that yep. people just go like, all right. It's okay for now. That's what. That's exactly what yeah. happened just it's now. Just, too. Yeah, because yeah, exactly he released what, what was it? The the he, Kid Cudi album, and he, he then released five albums. Five in a row. Five like, albums. Jesus. Yeah, he really he released uh, the first one was uh, was Daytona from a Pusha T, the guy that mm-hmm. um, was uh, in a battle with uh, Drake. Yeah, yeah, I heard that album. Yep, released released Daytona. Then released Ye, Kanye's album. Then mm-hmm. released the, the Kid Cudi and uh, Kanye Kid See Ghost. Mm-hmm. Then released Nas's album. Kid See Ghost album. was really good. That's yes. my favorite one of the that's ones. That's very I've very heard. good. 
then released his Nas album, Nasir, then released uh, Tiana Taylor's uh, recent album, um, Keep That Same Energy. It's so okay. like five albums. How does that work? Is he the label or is he the one that's producing the music for the Both. vocal tracking? Both. He, okay. um, he, he owns the label called Good Music, Getting Out Our Dreams, and he signed a number of artists to it, including Big Sean. He's on the okay. label too, but didn't have a release this time. But he is also the number one producer for everything that they do so i mean that's fucking crazy it is yeah. it is like he's a super talented person and yeah. a super super douchebag asshole at the yeah. same time and you have to recognize both of those but things he, he balances those it's like the light and the dark side of mm -hmm. the of the force you know yeah. i feel i feel like he's good at balancing those within himself yeah at least in public perception for for now but yeah. eventually his talent isn't yeah. going to be able to back him up right anymore now. and we'll you live see. long enough you die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that'll happen sooner than later. But by the way, uh, that Yay album yeah. that he released, oh, yeah. I uh, fucking I tried so hard. I remember. I tried so <laughs> hard. Yeah. I cannot stand that album. Mm -hmm. The instrumental tracks are amazing and like super fun mm -hmm. and like lively. Yeah. His fucking vocals <laughs> on that goddamn album are some of the trashiest, mm. worst mixing mm. and like oh mixing. Yeah, I don't like the way his vocals are laid on top of the music. I mean, that's pretty on purpose. It's on purpose. Yeah. I don't like it. All right. I don't like it. It is on purpose. Yeah. I can tell it's on purpose. Mm. I hate it. Because right. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, I just feel like I'm listening to an instrumental track and then and someone then screaming over on top, top of, of the that. track. Yeah, and they're not together as yeah. like a streamlined product. I, yeah. They have no sense of content of like harmony within it's, each other. That's like the ego of it. You yeah. know, with, this is Kanye West. Like I am more important than any of this other stuff, this beautiful stuff that like I'm, he's supposed to be trying to present a contrast, like right. the beauty and then the arrogance, which is him. So it's like, I get what he's trying to do, but I'm with you on this album because this isn't anywhere near one of my favorite Kanye <sighs> albums. I mean, if he has nine albums now, maybe eight, then this is at, in the bottom three for me. Yeah. But it's still, I can't say it's trash. Yeah. It's just, like, not great. I think Okay. I think it's, in my opinion, it is trash. I mean, but you're not objective, a Kanye fan Yeah, either. but objectively, yeah. It, it's probably not. I wouldn't describe it as trash. No. But in my personal opinion, yeah. I hate it so much. It's so <laughs> bad. The song, the song I, I, I'm, I'm with you on is, uh, but I like for the poetry of it. The uh, I thought about killing you, the very first song. Yeah. <laughs> like I like the poetry of it, you know. But it's just there's songs only seven song. This album's only seven songs, and it's right. 25 minutes long. So after you hear him say, "I thought about killing you," over and over and over repetitively, as soon as the album ends, it just goes back to, to that. that first you know, and it's like, oh, I just heard this. Don't I'm good. It's yeah. yeah, there's like no break from that first track to the yeah. to the ending of the album mm. when it loops again. Yep. My, I think uh, the, uh, the superhero song uh, annoyed me mm. immensely. No, oh, the the bipolar is his superpower. Uh, uh, maybe it's the yeah. one where he just goes like, "I'm a fucking superhero," superhero and then he screams yeah. loudly into the microphone in this weird high pitch, sort mm. of kid throwing a tantrum kind of way. Yeah. And I heard that, and like I was in, I was working in the animation lab, and I yep. heard that, and I just went like, I got, I, he's, what? he's trying to sell records through, um, he's trying to like team up with, um, you know where the lane that Maria Bamford has, yeah. uh, she she takes, um, she lets everyone know that she's schizophrenic, uh, bipolar, mm -hmm. she takes a number of medications to deal with it, but she lets everyone in on her story, and people, right. you know, kind of band together with her, and people that suffer those same type of illnesses, they draw to her, you know, because mm -hmm. how open she is with that, and I feel like Kanye is kind trying to get in on that brand, that game, yeah, yeah, that bandwagon, and get in on that, because the um, the album cover says, I'm, I hate being bi bipolar, it's great. 
or something right, similar yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes into that. Yeah, this is my bop. I'm bipolar. This is my superpower. You know, just so anyone else that is going through that exact same thing can feel better about themselves. They can mm -hmm. be great and a superhero. But I don't think that is under like the greatest. Yeah, like uh, like I get the it. intent of it. I I I I kind of understand what he's going for, mm. but it's just such weird. It's such an experimental mix mm. from someone that's always done something innovative and has always landed when he experiments. Yeah. But I feel like it's the first experiment that Kanye has done that just didn't land. It just it just fell through, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I, it's, a, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not a pop culture expert. I'm not a Kanye fan either. I just it, listen to the album. Like, I mean, it, like it's, it's yeah. landing pretty heavily on pop culture, but it's like I'm like so heavily into hip-hop culture, right. and it's not landing on me as a person that's been in hip-hop culture for over 20 years. You know, I'm 33 now, so right. since I was born, basically. Yeah, pretty so much. So as that person is not landing, but a pop culture, I look around everybody, and I'm like, I didn't really like this album that much. That's like, what do you mean? Do you, what, what about this song, Ghost Town? That's a fucking conversation about it. It's yeah. fucking weird how, like, a lot of people like it into that level mm -hmm. and the people that i find that i respect their opinion in hip-hop culture yeah. are like eh, yeah what yeah. the how does that happen because it's, it's not it's not terrible as far as like pop music goes anymore like pop culture music pop music doesn't have to be but so good like look at me yeah that's, look at this hey you know say oh that's a good song yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? so it's like by pop culture standards like this is good enough it's kind of a beat fetishism type thing you know like it sounds fun mm -hmm. so therefore it equals to good yeah. type thing yeah for that now makes... but i mean it's not what yeah. it's not long lasting music that'll be around 20 years from now that makes sense but you know yeah interesting yeah that tangent aside yeah. uh you know i i got i got a i got a bone to pick with mm -hmm. a very specific type of people pick and, a bone um it's got them right away yeah. <laughs> it's uh so you ever had this conversation you probably don't because you you've a kid but mm. I've had the conversation where someone's just like, oh, uh, you want kids? And immediately, as soon as they pop in the question, hey, are you thinking about having kids mm. at some point? Immediately, I'm already on the defensive because I know the way the conversation is going to go. Yeah. And I go like, no, I don't really like the whole kid thing. Yeah. I don't want them. They're fine if you have them. Mm. I don't care. Yeah. And they're always just go like, oh, why don't you want kids? You're probably going to want kids at some point. Are you sure you don't really want kids? Yeah. You know, they're really nice. Once you have your own kid, things are going to did you just fucking... Did I stutter on what I was saying? Yeah. Don't want kids. Don't care about kids. I mm -hmm. find them emotionally disconcerting. Mm -hmm. And now I'm angry at you because you started this conversation and yeah. I gave you an answer. And instead of accepting the fucking answer that I gave you, you questioned the answer of a man that very clearly does not want children. I, Stop it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I, I can see why you would get angry, yeah. but you would get angry a lot because there's a lot of stupid people that yeah, will I mean, insist true. that they know better, you know, than you about your own life. Yeah. It's the same thing like with like marriage. It was like, you ever think about getting married? It's like, no, I, I don't think about it at right. all. It was like, well, you'll, th you'll change your mind eventually. Like everybody gets married. That's what people do. Yeah. It's like, what does that mean? That's what people do. And the same thing with like the kids. That's what people do. You, you find someone to have a, a kid with and you have kids and you get married and you do all that. I'm like, so that's... Yeah, right. Who oh, has to follow gonna, that formula? You're going to feel lonely if you don't have kids eventually. Who's going to carry on? It's, I, it's, I'll adopt a kid if I want to. I don't want kids. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go through the process of childbirth with anybody. Mm -hmm. I don't want to carry a thing that came out of a person that is already in my life and then forces itself into my life, mm -hmm. and it's half my DNA. I barely like me. I'm not going to like something that came out of the two people that I, that I barely tolerate. Mm. I don't want it. I don't fucking want the experience. I don't want a crime, puking, fucking shitting machine mm. in my living room 
I already don't sleep enough. I'm mm. already an insomniac. I'm just going to be awake the entire time this baby's crying. And I'm going to get mad at it. Mm. And then for three years, that's going to be my life. And then when it has some semblance of cognition, mm. when it can almost start to think for itself, I'm going to look at it in the eye. And I'm not going to know if I love it or not. Because for the last three years, I've been miserable. I don't want kids. I don't want them. Yeah, that means nothing. That means nothing to these people, no, and it drives no, me insane. No, but, but like it literally, like like even when you say it, like it's the same as the person saying um, that. Uh, oh, you, it's it just like it, it's, it's it's words. It's yeah, words. it is words. Because like it's just like the things that I say. I'm like I, I believe something now, no. but it's like 50 years from now. It's like the same. Like when you say, do I want to get married? Like no, I don't. I don't care about it. Does not okay. matter. Like I don't want to get married. I'm telling you. Like I've known for the past 30 years that I didn't want to get married. Yeah. I'm 33. I don't. Why do you? Why are you pressing me about this? Right. Why? You know. But it's just play this back when I'm 60 and then I'll see how much of an asshole or, you know, so how ridiculous yeah. I sound because I don't know the future. See, but that's the thing that gets me. All right. Like I may change my mind. Yeah. I acknowledge that that is a possibility yeah. that I may change my mind. Yeah. But the guy that you're asking right now yeah. is not going to change his mind in the foreseeable future no. while you're asking him this question. You can yeah. ask me a year from now. You can ask me two years from now. Yeah. Chances are not going to change my mind. Different ask me 30 years from now. Mm -hmm. Ask me 10 years from now. Maybe that's a different conversation. The guy that you're asking at the moment doesn't want to have this fucking conversation. And he's indulging you out of politeness There's, because you've asked a question. I like I, where, where it boils down to. I like that when us. Uh, so you can't change someone's mind about something so far in the future, especially right. with a three minute conversation. So, yeah, I get that. So it's like regardless of what the question is, if you say that this is what I want or what I don't want from this point on. Yeah. You can't change someone's mind in five minutes, and they're right. not going to change their mind in five minutes, so the conversation is pretty moot. Yeah, it, it's a stupid fucking conversation. Mm -hmm. And every time they say something, it's like, oh, you'll change your mind. I just walk away from the conversation just wanting to hit something because I, mean, I hate that conversation so much. I mean, it's I, I remember being like six years old and be like, I hate vegetables. These vegetables yeah. fucking suck. And it was like, you'll like vegetables eventually. I'm mm -hmm. like, no, I'll never fucking like vegetables. You mm -hmm. know what? There's still a lot of vegetables I don't like out of spite. See... Out of I, spite. I get even, that analogy. Even even if the vegetables are good, yeah. like, I mean, I, out of spite. Just because you said that eventually I would grow into it yeah. and I would like it, <laughs> I don't like those out of spite, out Brian. Out of spite for you. you. Know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so it's like, you. I may, maybe I did grow into it to where I actually, my body wants it. Maybe yeah. my body actually does want those vegetables. Maybe my body wants that lettuce that I talk so sh yeah. shittily about. But, but because you said I will ha like it, no, now you're just like, nope, and I will won't not fucking touch that. I will lettuce. not. I don't care how much I want. Out of spite, out of spite. You know, so it's like that's, that's it's like you can you can if you can make up your mind yeah. and de decide to see that through, even out of spite. It was like yeah. you can decide to get married, and then she was like, you know what? I really love you. We've been together for 15 years. I really want a kid with you. I would love to have you know yada. You know what? No, out right, of spite. No, <laughs> you know, spite. Not doing. It. It's uh, I, yeah, yeah. I you can know? get that emotion. Yeah. I can, that's an emotion I can can support. Yeah. I just say that conversation so much because mm. nothing's gonna happen. What do you think is gonna happen? Oh, you'll change your mind and I'll go like, you know what? You're right. I'm gonna go fuck somebody right now mm. without a condom, and we'll see how it goes. Sure. I'm gonna just fall right into a vagina so I can have a fucking baby in next year, mm. and then I'll fucking visit you with my fucking baby and have it throw up on your fucking carpet, and then you go like, oh, that's adorable. Go fuck yourself. I don't want it. Mm. Leave me alone. Don't want kids. Don't want kids. Sorry, that was directed at no one in particular. Mm. That's just, I've had the conversation like four times in the last two weeks, mm. and I'm just fucking done with it. 
I mean, yeah, you're in yeah. the age of where people have kids. So, yeah. but, I mean, it's the, it's not going to stop. I'm in the age where people get married. So, it's like, that's right. where my... Ang- I mean, I've had these conversations yeah. forever. So, I mean, it's just... I hate it. Uh, hey, no, no. How about that? Shut the fuck up. Go you, drink a cup of coffee. Leave me alone. You're, you'll hear it so many more times. I know. It's going to start coming. If it's not already coming from your family, it will start coming oh, from your family Oh, it has well. come from my family. Okay. Like, 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 like a solid two and a half times already no the halftime is because the moment they said something about kids i walked away it's i, I, I just don't like the that everything has to fit to a format it's yeah. just like okay so you have to meet someone when are you going to meet somebody that you want to settle down with when you want to do that maybe i don't want to settle down with someone maybe i want to be asexual and be to myself yeah. it's like i'm just saying like that's not my path but it's just like why does there have to be a pre-formatted <sighs> path of how what someone has to go down you know it's like that's not my map that's not my yeah. map. You know, it's like I, I've decided my own way. So I understand what you're saying. It's just like, like these are the directions that I'm going on. You have no idea no. where I'm trying to go, no. but you already have. This is the path that people generally take. And if you're not following these guidelines, is there something wrong with you? Yeah, right. You're, you're the on? weird one. Yeah, you're the weird person for not following the, the same path that everybody follows and basically fails at. Yep. <laughs> basically fails at. I mean, yeah. seriously. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> statistically, just, it doesn't I, I work just, out. I just want the next 18 years of my life to not be shitty that's what i want kids don't make your life shitty yeah well that's that's it's a hyperbole you know i just want to make some of them angry at this point because they've made me angry for like the last six months all right i just want to return some of that emotion back I don't think By they care. By saying hyperbolic <laughs> things like that. <laughs> not going to care. Yeah, it's yeah. Like a year from now, they're going to be like, damn it, I was wrong. I thought I was sure Brown was going to have those kids. Dude. I thought about that for the last year. Like, no. Just, they're just being a dick in the moment. It's like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I'm talking about like, like when you're in that conversation and someone just goes like, oh, you changed your mind. And she's like, oh, I don't want the next 18 years of my life to be shitty. Yeah. And you say something like they get defensive and they go like, kids don't make your life shitty. Yeah. It's not going to happen. And then you go like, yeah, but the next 18 years you're concerned. And then it just goes into the rabbit hole and I make them feel as uncomfortable as they made me feel in that conversation. That's what I'm striving for at this point. You know? No, I, you it's, lost me. It's... it's <laughs> I'm, uh, okay, <laughs> this is a there's another concept that happened a while ago. Someone yeah. made me uncomfortable because I didn't want to go to a bar. All right. And then the next 30 minutes of my life mm-hmm. after that conversation yeah. were spent trying to figure out how do I make that person as uncomfortable as I felt the 30 minutes prior? You know? And I don't like that. I don't like it either. I don't like it either. But I just feel like it's a good coping mechanism for me in the moment when someone no, makes me uncomfortable. No, I don't go through with it a lot of the time. I just like to think about the things that but, I would make them uncomfortable. Yes, it's like thinking, about, thinking yeah. of it, yes. Like doing I don't it, go through mm-hmm. it a lot of the time unless yeah. a person has really, really pissed me mm-hmm. off. Like they did something shitty and I just mm-hmm. kind of need to drop a thing. I don't like it just because like the perpetuating like bully mentality is like yeah. I got bullied as a kid so now I'm going to go bully these kids and right, that cycle yeah. continues, you know, it's just like perpetuating. I try so, to but, be a nice person about yeah. it. I try to be cool with it. I've like, only done it once where I just like set something extra shitty just yeah. to get someone off my dick but I, it just feels good thinking about it oh, I th- think, oh thinking man, about it feels great i think about that shit so hard yeah. that i hope that my energy just transfers to them and the most terrible thing like i'm gonna yeah. you're gonna get cancer you're gonna get <laughs> run over by a car you know all those terrible yeah. things are gonna happen to you like because i don't use any about smile i should be like you know what good job yeah. guy and yeah. the and, and the monologue of my head after i have a conversation that makes me uncomfortable i go why was I uncomfortable with that? And how can I make them feel as uncomfortable as that? Not make them uncomfortable in the same way that they made me. Yeah. Just make them feel the same emotion that they make me feel. There's some kind of reciprocity there that I feel is needed for people to understand actual empathy. They'll understand you know? it once they have cancer. 
That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they will understand, man. Once they're on their deathbed dying, yeah. they will understand. <laughs> I guess it's a matter of instant gratification. Okay, You're no, in yeah, it for yeah. the long run. Mm. I just want to feel better about the fact Immediate. that this person's an asshole. I got you. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the thing. Maybe when I grow older, I'll wait for the cancer. You're long game, man. I'm yeah, long game in everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only 23. I'm figuring it out. But oh, fucking Christ. There's, I've had so many. It's like, you're single. When are you going to get married? When are you going to have kids? I don't. I'm going to travel a lot. Leave me alone. I want to make movies. Fuck off. I mean, you know, just, like, take it a day at a time. We'll see. Just, yeah. Fucking. Nobody knows. Anyway. We'll see. Fucking ass clowns. Yeah. I hate that shit. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, anything, anything else you want to say? Um, Drake is dropping an album tomorrow. Oh, uh, who cares? I mean, most people. <laughs> it's like mo- the majority true, of people, yes. True. <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta submit to that one. Yeah, yeah. What's uh, uh, it's called? Scorpion. It's uh, a side, B side. One side is hip hop, and one side is R and B. All right. Yep. Whatever. I, I don't, I don't have an opinion on that. Uh, I've always completely hated his music. He's All a cool right. guy. I like him as a dude. Don't care for his music. <laughs> that is that. Yep. Uh, should we talk about this fucking movie already? Hey. All right. Cool. <laughs> Ah, sorry for the outpour of energy. This is the only outlet I got. This yeah. is this is what happens. Yeah. I get angry in two weeks, and then I scream it into a microphone. And if it doesn't make sense, then you get to hear it and laugh at my nonsensical bullshit every once in a while. I mean, we, we could just add it to our list. Like now we have the fuck kids. Like uh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. We have the 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 PETA people. We yep. have the anti-vaccine people, people. We yep. have the flat earthers. Yep. Uh, let's put kids right on that kids list. Kids on there too. Yeah, right on there. All right. <laughs> Fucking Christ. <laughs> we'll read back and talk about the punk style. <laughs> I don't want the experience. I don't care about the experience of having a child. Yeah. They're fine for the most part. There's too many of us to begin with. Let's just fucking take it down a couple notches with the whole kid thing. <laughs> just anyway. Ah, shit. Ah, clicked the wrong thing. Anyway, uh, welcome back. Uh, hey. the, the Bronx Tale. Chris, do the thing. Uh, Bronx Tale. Uh, this came out in the 1993. It's a rated R film. It's a crom drama with two hours and one minute of a runtime. Uh, the rundown is, as he grows into a teenager on the streets of the Bronx in a socially turbulent 1960, uh, Calegaro, that's a weird name too, Calegaro, yeah. uh, gets taken under the wing of neighborhood mobster Sonny. Sonny initiates the boy into the ways of the gangland in direct conflict with his straight arrow bus driver father, played by Robert De Niro. Uh, but when C fails, uh, when he, f- uh, gotta get in closer, my eyesight is starting to get a little fucked up here. Uh, but when C <laughs> falls for his African-American classmate, Jane, the repercussions threaten the entire neighborhood. Uh, the director is Robert De Niro. It stars Robert De Niro as well. Chaz pa- Palmentieri is very Palmentier. Italian. That is a very Italian name. Palment- Palmentieri. And uh, Lilo Brancato, another Italian name. But yeah, that is a Bronx Tale. Oh, okay. Uh, I, 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 for some reason, it escaped me that Robert De Niro had directed it. Oh, yeah. Was his, was his, his Directorial debut. debut. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I really... So this movie reminded me a lot of... Um, Goodfellas. Oh, I was no, ready for No, not really. No, okay. it wasn't Goodfellas. It reminded yeah. me a lot of... Um, what was the Spike Lee? Do the right thing. It reminded Ooh, me a lot of that. that yeah. Yes. Yeah. Huh? And, uh, <laughs> That's you. Yes. Well, this is going to be a decent conversation then. Yeah, and and like it, it reminded me of that in the way that I I really enjoyed the movie, 
about the um about getting into culture and the, the clash between yeah, getting culture, into culture the thing. class between yeah, cultures yeah. the whole even some of the cinematic like visuals were similar yeah um there was this one moment where they were sealing fruit off of the cart yeah and then they had like weird zoom everyone facing at the camera type thing when people are getting beat up they have that weird low angle from the up of the camera so even some of the visuals reminded me of do the right thing they would see like when people talk about bronx Hill, a lot mm -hmm. of people just don't even watch it because goodfellas is out i mean goodfellas right. came out three years before this movie so because of goodfellas people just pit those two together right now you got robert de niro in, in this thing and um joe pesci is in it as well how the fuck are, they're not even the same type of story in it from Goodfellas to... But the, what, what, they, what they take is the um, the, the narration. You know, yeah. at the very beginning of the movie, you have a young boy, and he's narrating things as they go. Right. I mean, it's similar in that sense. And then you have a young kid that's growing up through it, and then you're in the mob and in the streets of New York type of thing. So, I mean, that's where they're drawing the correlation. But, no, I'm with you. This, yeah, I get the parallels, but it seems but like a, an annoying comparison to It make. is a different type of movie. Yeah. It's more in the vein of Do the Right Thing because this is not a mobster movie in the same way that Goodfellas is. Right. This is exploring, like, culture and the things going on, like, Do the Right Thing. And this is a more. movie that's not even celebratory of mobster life. No, not at it's all. It very much takes an anti-mobster mentality mm -hmm. the entire film. Yes. And that's the theme of the fucking film. Definitely is. That there's good people doing bad things and there's bad people doing good things and vice versa. It's yeah. sort of like a morality issue. It is. I, th the narration, sure, that makes sense. Mm. Uh, the, the kid growing up in the mob, sure, yeah. that makes sense, I guess. But Goodfellas is about the excess of being a gangster and the paranoia that comes with being a gangster and being in that type of life and how it ruins you. Mm. This movie is about a kid that's growing up in between two worlds mm. And the mob doesn't even want him in the life of a gangster. You're, you're, so you're thinking. You're yeah. thinking about things and then saying them. See, that's where you fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> see, well, they, 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 they see something that looks similar, and they're yeah. like, oh, that's the same thing. But no, they're not thinking this thing through. Yeah, no. the only thing that's similar is uh, the fact that it's an Italian neighborhood with mm. Ital sort of American-Italian mm. characters that talk a lot like, yeah, get in the fucking car. You mm. know, like, they talk a lot like that. That's the only thing that's similar about mm -hmm. fucking Goodfellas and this and movie. And Bronx Hill, yes. That being said, I think I, I like this movie in the way, in the same way that I like Do the Right Thing. Mm. I think it's a very well-put-together film and, Ooh. like, a very, like, like it's very well-paced and very well-written and very well-acted, but it's not a film that I want to watch in close succession to the first time that I watched it, mm. you know? Like, it's a very great film, oh, yeah. but it's it's slow and it's kind of deliberate with mm -hmm. how it builds tension and it takes a little bit... You have to pay a little bit of attention to it. You have to pay to attention it. to it, definitely. Uh, so I don't want to watch it anytime soon, mm -hmm. but I very much enjoyed the film, even though at times I was a little bit bored Ooh. with some of the character interactions. Okay. You know, like, I kind of got the gist of what, like, characters were doing. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and then I was just kind of, all right, fucking, let's get past this a little bit. But other than that, I think it's a very well-put-together, solid movie. Very well-directed, mm -hmm. too, and mm -hmm. simply directed, yeah. which is a thing that I am glad a lot of directors in the 1970s like, to 90s were good at doing, like being restricted. Yeah. So I like that. I like that aspect of the movie. I think it's, I think it's well, Robert De Niro did a great job directing, mm -hmm. and he did a great job as an actor oh, yeah. in the film. Well, yeah. I mean, just to go in, like, this yeah. is one of, like, the, the more classic type 
like I said, I hate to even label it as a mobster movies, but it's just whenever you go down like classic uh, gangster mob movies, mm-hmm. this always comes up as one of those type movies. Right. And I'm so glad to discuss it in a different way other than a crime family, a mob family, mob bosses and mm-hmm. Sonny and all of those things just or, or a Godfather type movie, because this is so much about the cultural impact and the, the changing of times in 1960 and 1970 right. and all the the, uh, the race politics that was happening for civil rights and the word civil rights wasn't said once in the entire no. movie but it's just projected at you the tension between black people and italian americans and and whites just in general the things that's going on there and i just really enjoyed seeing that develop you, we start the movie off with uh c i'm not going to call him calandria yeah i'm not going to do that the whole time i'm going to call this guy c <laughs> that's one of the the first things that sonny says he's like mm-hmm. uh, so what do your, your friends call you caledra or whatever his name yeah. was like oh no we got to find you a new name <laughs> your, your name's c now all right <laughs> like that is it you know so we just enjoyed seeing him grow up from uh, what is he like? Seven, eight, nine? You know when the movie yeah, starts? Yeah, he's like he's like eight, and then he's like yeah. sixteen. Yeah, when then the we see, skip. Yep. yeah. Eight years later, and then see where he's at at that point. And I was every while I'm watching it, I'm getting putting my, myself in the mind frame of Robert De Niro because you know he's the director of it, and you know they, he dedicated this to Robert De Niro Sr. at the uh, the end of the movie in the credits. Right. And just imagining what that relationship was between Robert De Niro, you know, growing up in this exact era, in this Mm -hmm. exact time, you know, being that child, you know, but playing what would be essentially his father, you know, and and seeing that. And it's it's, it's an odd thing. Or or in thinking about Robert De Niro being famously married to a black woman and always being, you know, very uh, great with with black people in general. And then seeing his character's son, you know, falling for a black lady. And it just makes me go past the wall of, you know, the movie and reality and story and and Yeah, it kind of blends a little. I think I even read like an excerpt somewhere online when I looked the movie up that Mm -hmm. it was like it was based on a book. But the experience of the film was roughly based around De Niro's childhood. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was I, I really liked the relationship between the father and the son because yeah. it, it made me think a lot about just about my relationship with my father or other mm-hmm. relationships I see with father and son and the the age gap and the distance you know even though your father is someone that you look up to you know with respect respect and pride there's always these minor differences because of the the generational gap mm-hmm. and you know he's talking about talking to his father was like yeah I know you're not you know a racist or anything he's like yeah you know I, I drive the bus you know I treat everybody as equal everybody's the same I don't you know think about anything like that but as far as marriage, I think you should stick to your own kind. Right. You know, and that's, and as far as his mind and his generation, there's nothing racist about that, although it literally is, you know, racist. Racism, you, know, yeah. <laughs> you know, by, by race. definition. Yes, it literally is, yeah. You know, but uh, he doesn't see himself as racist in any kind of way, you know, but his son does. And just thinking about, you know, my relationship with my father or just, you know, seeing that mm-hmm. father son and that big generational gap of someone that you don't look at as a bad person, but still are stuck in those same old time ideals. Right. And you don't really know how to navigate that because one side you see that okay your father is successful he's able to he's had a, he has a wife or he was able to get bring me on this earth and provide for me and do all these good things for himself but also i feel like he's definitely wrong about this you know marriage thing so right. how do you navigate between your father and what was sunny you know yeah. how do you navigate those Which, two worlds and the interesting thing is like i like this a lot is that the father was kind of the more conservative conservative figure much, and yeah. then the sonny was the more progressive yeah. figure and like Sonny's ideals were a lot more congruent with the times, mm. and he was giving uh, Calogero that sort of reward that he needed mm. that he wasn't getting from his father. So yeah. like that's why he became sort like of him. friends, and he sort of became like a dad, like a second dad mm. to uh, Calogero. See, yeah, 
because he was getting something from him that he wasn't getting from Robert De Niro's character and Lorenzo, I think his name was. Lorenzo, and, yeah. And, and I like that duality a lot because the movie at no point becomes a mump movie. No. It becomes a movie in which a kid is trying to figure out which world to navigate mm-hmm. more than the other one. And then every time, the, the reason why we see mob activity is because that's the most interesting crossroad, you mm. know, like the most interesting place of conflict because yeah. they're fucking mob guys. Yeah. They're going to have conflict versus a fucking bus driver. Oh, yeah. So, like, that's why we see Calogero in the, in the vicinity of conflict every time he's near the mob bosses. Mm. But I, I think that the, the, the sort of the duality of, like, sees growing up with his dad's ideals and then sort of growing up in this weird mob boss world and mm. disagreeing fundamentally on both things mm-hmm. and he sort of becomes his own person yeah. after the movie ends. Yep. Like, he sort of takes and borrows from each of the two mentalities and makes his own person. Yeah. And his friends just, they were shitheads and they were jerks and he was never really comfortable with them. Mm-hmm. But that's all he knew. Yeah. And so he learned how to move on past that after the Molotov cocktail thing. Yeah, that was a great scene. Was, that was a I really a phenomenally shot scene. Mm-hmm. And and so like the thematics of the movie are nothing akin to Goodfellas or any other mob mm-hmm. movie. No. It, it's more akin to like, how to, it's a coming of age story. How does this kid yes. navigate the world that his dad wants him to navigate? And how does he navigate the world that he thinks he should navigate, which is the one that Sonny's in, mm. and then sort of form his own opinion on that. And I think that's a beautifully, like, well-done aspect of this movie. Like, mm. it, it nails that. It absolutely nails that. Yes. Like I said, in the dead set of the civil rights movement. Mm. And like that, like I said, that duality between the father and, um, and Sonny, at one point, uh, C goes to, the, uh, goes to a priest, and the priest's like, don't be afraid, my son. No one is more powerful than God. Mm-hmm. And C says, I don't know about that, Father. Your God may be bigger than my guy up there, but my God's bigger than your guy down here. Right. And the priest is like, well, you got a point. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, God, all that God stuff is fine, you know, but Sonny is down here actually making things happen. Right. You know, so it's the priest can't, you know, he's like, I can't argue with that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty Fair true, enough, you know. I mean, it's, it's another thing that I really like besides the, um, the, the Molotov cocktail mm-hmm. inside of the, uh, the car was him, him and the girl when they're in the, on the bus. Like, mm-hmm. there's no conversation, and he's talking to his dad, and it's just those looks back and forth, back yeah. and forth. And I'm like, I'm loving what they're doing with the camera right here. Like, her talking with her eyes, him talking, speaking with his eyes, and then her getting off the bus and then looking back, still no conversation. No conversation. Was, and the only audio that you get from that is kind of like this muffled audio of the world outside, and mm-hmm. then uh, Robert De Niro trying to get his attention, but yeah. completely failing at getting his oh, attention. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and and I I really I really 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 love that did, scene. Did you did you recognize um, Joe Pesci from the beginning or for at the at the end? He's the guy that gets hit with the bat. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've always thought of Joe Pesci as being like really tiny, mm-hmm. so I didn't recognize him at first on yeah. the virtue of him being a taller man mm-hmm. in this movie. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like my first time checking it out, like I, I remember my first time seeing it, and I thought I heard his voice mm-hmm. out of the car, but then I didn't see him. And through the entire movie, I was like, "Well, if Joe Pesci's in the movie, then we would have seen him in this movie." Right. And then he shows up at the very end. I was like, "What the fuck, <laughs> Joe Pesci? Man? You could have made this the like best mobster type movie ever." But up, oh, it's not that kind of movie, guys. That kind of movie. <laughs> and that's and that's I, I gotta give credit to De Niro because mm-hmm. De Niro could have easily made this a mob movie. Yeah, he could have easily transformed this into because the book that it's based on. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's the same thing that the movie's about, you know? But it could have easily transformed this into a, a kid gets drawn into a mob drama. Very much. You know, it could have been just a classical, like a Goodfellas type thing. Mm. But it, it didn't. And I appreciate yeah. that from De Niro a lot because he, he kind of keeps focus on what the story is about. And I don't think there's a scene in the movie that we don't see 
Kalojiro as the point of view character. You know, like, I don't think there's a scene in the movie where he's not in the immediate conflict or Mm. he's not observing a conflict or he's not part of the conversation of the conflict. True. Which, again, does a really great job at setting up, like, this is the way he sees the world. Mm. It's not the way De Niro's character sees the world. It's not the way Sonny sees the world. Mm. It is the movie about this fucking kid. Yeah. And because we're always following this kid, we get to experience that duality really well because mm-hmm. he has to go home yeah. and he has to go to the bar. Mm-hmm. And when we follow him to those places, we see the Nero's influence and we see Sonny's influence. And then when he interacts with his friends, we see those two influences coming together really nicely. Yeah. And throughout the whole movie, we see him become his own person as he disagrees with his friends about yeah. shit. Yeah. And I really, really enjoy that. And like by the point of the movie where he's like, just like I don't give a shit what they say. Fucking give me your hand or whatever. When oh he's yeah. Walking with the, which who is that actress? The black girl. Did she do something? Because she sounds. She looks familiar. I looked up her name. I didn't see her. Mm. Like I didn't recognize her from anything. Okay. Because she looks vaguely familiar yeah. to another actress I recognize. But apart from being absolutely gorgeous, her performance was really good. Yes, it was. And and just the, I, I I was convinced that they had this tension between them and that they were trying to break through that tension. Yeah. And at the end of the movie when the fucking Kalojiro decides that he's not going to be a mob, really a mobster, mm. but he's also not going to stick to the old ideas like that the family is. Mm-hmm. He kind of becomes his own his identity. Own thought, yeah. And he just goes like, you know what? Fucking give me your hand, whatever. Yeah. And then they, they go out and they do the thing. And I like that. I appreciate that a lot. I like how the, I like the, um, oh, another thing, another reason yeah. people uh, compare it to Goodfellas a lot is um, at the beginning to where they're introducing each character mm-hmm. and it was like Nicky the Fingers or John, Jimmy two times, you know, it's like yeah. that, t- that type of thing. You know what I'm saying? If you look deeper into the movie, it's just, it's not that, you know? Right. But um, another thing that I was really liking is how it opened and we immediately had the conflict of about a parking space and then <laughs> a death over, quote unquote, a parking, a parking space. space. But that is a running thing through the movie is uh, C wanting to know if this was really about a parking space and he's told no from the, from the jump, no again later on. And then at the end of the movie when Sonny is dead and then mm-hmm. he meets, I forget what Joe Pesci's uh, name was in the movie. Carmine. Carmine. He finally meets Carmine for the first time and he asks him again, was it really about a parking space? And he just says, no. No. Never find out what it was actually no. about. But it doesn't you know, matter what it's about. Because it does the exactly. thing the thing that matters is that it wasn't about the parking space. Yeah, yeah, and I like what the father told him too. Who was like, they met at the wrong times in their lives. Yeah, you know, they just that's all you need to know. Like it happened, and it happened. You know, but um, but I, I like how they opened it with that that event. You know, seeing what Sonny, how Sonny reacted immediately. Like mm-hmm. what we're seeing is just it just looks like because, like you said, we're in the point of view of C. Mm-hmm. So from his perspective, it looks like two people were trying to park a car. You know, one person gets upset and he's very upset about a parking space. Right. He pulls out a bat and starts bashing the window in, bashing the uh, the driver's window in, and Sonny immediately, without hesitation, in broad daylight in front of everyone, pulls out a revolver, shoots him in the arm, then shoots him in the head, walks over to him, then shoots him in the head twice out of camera, you know, yeah. which would, I thought was really nice, a nice touch of a gangster move. Mm-hmm. He was like, we're making sure he's dead. You know, two more in the head while he's on the ground, passes a gun off, then, you know, sends Carmine off in another car. It was just immediately showing you exactly who Sonny is. Right, yeah. You know, introducing you into that but world. But what, what I think makes that really effective is mm-hmm. that the maybe five minutes before that event, mm-hmm. we have the introduction where he's introducing all of the gangsters. Mm-hmm. And that narration of, like, that's Sonny. He's got five fingers, but he only uses three. three. And, like, that's uh, Johnny Coffee Cake Mm -hmm. because his face looks like a coffee cake. (laughs) Yeah. And apart from that being... There's two things that I liked about that narration. Mm -hmm. One, it's the kid narrating it. Yep. It's not an adult uh, Calogero. It's Mm -hmm. the kid, which you're seeing a sort of more innocent view from 
these gangsters. Yeah. And then that that works because that innocent view is then immediately shattered when you as an audience see this guy get shot in the face mm. and then get killed over this parking space. Yep. And then that's kind of like, then, then you understand the theme of the movie is him trying to struggle with the fact that he did a good thing for a bad man, yeah. but he also did a good thing by looking out for himself because now the gangsters are not going to fuck up his family. Mm-hmm. He's not a, you know, he didn't snitch in the neighborhood with his like deadly to snitch yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And I really like that. Like the, the first five minutes of the movie leading up to that shooting are just a really good way of setting up all of these characters and why this is happening. I see. I see a lot of what you're saying. The uh, the Spike Lee and um, as far as cinematography in this particular scene, within there in a number of other ones, but uh, in this one where um, they finally bring them down and they have a lineup against a brick <laughs> wall with Sonny and all the rest of the gang, and that's very reminiscent of what Spike Lee does. Yeah, you know, which the is point like of those view. weird distorted close-ups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and just moving it. I was like, oh fuck yeah. You know, when, really when they good. finally got to Sonny, it was hey look over here, and the, the look on Sonny's face is just like, what the fuck are you gonna do? Right. What are you gonna yeah. do to me? And like yeah. the, but the, I like that scene. Like the lineup was great, but mm-hmm. that scene when you get to Sonny, mm-hmm. and you cut from Calogero's face to mm-hmm. Sonny's face, and then cut back to Calogero, and he looks at Lorenzo, and Lorenzo looks at Sonny, and mm-hmm. then Sonny looks back, back forth, at yeah. Calogero. The tension in that little scene is better than the tension in so many movies oh, nowadays. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. In, it was so incredibly effective mm-hmm. to sort of. Just put those characters in that room together. That yeah, was that was that was like a like a big a pivotal moment, you know, from what we're seeing those dualities. You know, at first, you know, he's on his father's side, and he was like, "What are you talking about? I'm 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 good. I know everything. I've seen everything. I can right. go tell you know that's what my father would want me to do." He assumes like he doesn't mm-hmm. understand the ramifications of it, and then he gets down there and sees Sonny for the first time, a person he's been idolizing, and he was like, "Oh, so am I on my father's side? Do I just tell? Like I think that's what he wants me to do? Like mm-hmm. no, he and he and he." And he doesn't tell, yeah, yeah. you know, and I'm like, and I think I think the Nero's character did not want him to stay. And no, he definitely didn't yeah, want yeah. him to. But it's just like the the police got there so quickly, you know. He didn't have time to be like, keep your fucking mouth shut, kid, right? You know, because the kid was just blurting out, no, 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 Dad, I do know, I did see it, I seen everything, you know. It was like, what the fuck, kid? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, but I, I like how they introduce him into that world. So now that um, Sonny feels like that he's someone that he can trust, even though his father isn't, and that was a great scene when um, when when uh, Lorenzo goes down to the bar. And he sees it. He was like, stay away from my kid. He was like, you can ask anybody in the neighborhood. It was like, I never, I would never get out of line. Everybody knows that. But this time you're wrong. You don't mess with somebody else's kid. Right. You know, and, and, and he knows exactly what that means. It's like, I'm not going to snitch on you. I'm not going to tell you running numbers or doing any of the stuff that you're doing. You know, I've lived in my, this neighborhood my entire life. And I don't care about any of that. I just want to drive my bus, you know, and make a, a honest living, mm-hmm. you know, but you're messing with my kid. Right. You know, and I, I love that interaction. And I, and I, and I, I think apart from like the, the harsh morality of the harsh good morality of Daenerys character mm-hmm. plays well because he's the only one in that neighborhood that really has that harsh morality that yep. we see in the film yeah even the kids mom is kind of like well we could use the money yep and it's just like no it's bad money what the mm-hmm. fuck are you talking about that harsh morality does really well yeah. to highlight that he does have a massive influence on Calogero oh, yeah. because we see Calogero hesitate a moments where that morality is the right way to go yeah and people doing the eat the eight Immoral or amoral? Immoral. I, shit, I thought it was immoral, but amoral. Well, immoral good. implies the negative yeah. morality. Amoral, amoral implies no the lack moral. of morals. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with the the immoral. Immoral, yeah. Um, when he has to pick those two sizes, you see those two choices come up. Where it's like, mm-hmm. does he do what Sonny would do, which mm-hmm. is kind of like, 
chastise them for doing the shitty thing, yeah. you know, or does he do what his father does, which is not do the shitty thing, but walk away. Yeah. And and I like that. I, I I really just I think that was the best aspect of the movie. It was just a coming of age story. I like what uh what his father told him. He was like, it doesn't take much strength to pull a trigger, but try getting up every morning, day after day, and work for a living. Let's see him try that. Then we'll see who the real tough guy is. The working man is the tough guy. Your father's the tough guy. Right. You know, and that's something that uh, C wasn't able to see. You know, he, what he was from what his point of view is, the working man is the sucker. You know, because right. that's what Sonny is telling him, because Sonny is making fast money. He has power and respect, but it, and mostly what his father is telling him, he has he's feared. Right. And that's why everyone does those things for him, because he's feared. And and he even recognizes that. Sonny yeah. understands that, you know, that he is feared and it's very purposeful. But he tells him over and over again, this isn't for you. Right. You yeah. know, this is the way that I live my life. And there was a moment when he pulled him out, when uh, when Sonny pulled C out of the car, mm -hmm. when they had those Molotov cocktails in yeah. there. And then um, he asked him, he said something about the uh, the bomb that was attached to the other uh, car. Mm -hmm. And it was like, well, you didn't think that that could have been, you know, when me and the girl were in the car, we could have died. Don't you trust anybody? Right. And he was like, no, I don't trust anybody. He was like, oh, well, not me. Okay. Not me. You know, and it just brought me back to this isn't for you. It was like, exactly. And now you know that this isn't for you. You yeah. can't you can't look over your shoulder every time, you know, that you walk down the street. You don't want to have that kind of negativity following you. And Sonny knew what was following him at all times. You know, right. all it was like oh, someone else trying to kill him all yeah. the time. And, 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 I, and I like that the like I like that they brought that near the end because everything near the end gets really heightened. Like, so quickly. Like really quickly. Yeah, like that. If I had to say a, a thing that I didn't enjoy was, like you said, it gets slow for a little while, mm -hmm. and then it's 30 minutes of, whoa, why is this is just happening all at once? Like, right, bang, yeah. you know, big eruption. Which I enjoyed because it brought me out of the lull of mm. safety, and okay. it made me pay attention all right. the last 30 minutes. Uh, but, like, the moment that he's got, like, you know, like, the the fight where they beat up the black kids mm. in the neighborhood. Yeah. From that moment on, the moment where he meets Jane, which yeah. is the, the black girl, for the date and her brother recognizes him, mm -hmm. from that moment on, everything just goes to shit immediately. Oh, yeah. Real quick. Because like the brother recognizes him and he goes, She's like I didn't do nothing. He calls him the N word. Mm -hmm. And then with he, a hard R. With a hard R. Mm -hmm. And he knows that he fucked up at that moment. Yep. And so he goes back home in sort of like a panicky state. Mm. And then the Nero sees him with the car and then chastises him for that. Mm. And then that whole creates another sense of emotion that is the thing that puts him in the car with the Molotov cocktails to begin with. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even that he hated the black folks. No. It was just that he was just Emotions. angry yeah. at the emotion that he was experiencing. And that yeah. was like, so all of that just happened very quickly. Mm. And I like how it resolved almost as quickly as it started. Mm. You know, like it's very... Emul like emulative of like reality, you know. Something starts very quickly, that's, something ends very quickly. That's exactly what I was about to say. It's a, it's a very, it's very comparable to what reality is, you know. Especially for somebody that age, it's like this. I have this emotion, so I want to release this emotion, you right. know, like very quickly. And just like you said, well, that, looking at it from that aspect, then you kind of have to accept those last thirty minutes of as soon as this, something happens, is a chain reaction. Everything starts yeah. being set off, you know, on both sides of the community. And just another parallel to do the right thing. That's mm -hmm. exactly what happened and sure did the did. right thing. Oh yeah. As soon as the tension built up enough for someone to have like a fucking fallout, mm -hmm. everything just went to shit. And it affected everybody. Oh yeah. So like I, I listen, I really like the movie. There you, there's a so, uh, there's an iconic scene that that um would be remiss to not bring up. Yeah, what's up? The um oh I I actually nicely to to leave the bar. Oh like, yeah, I now fucking love that scene. Leave. <laughs> And now use can't leave yeah. line like that is iconic, you know, in, in this movie. Like, I mean, I loved and that with the bikers. And then the narration in that moment too. Oh yeah, you just can leave now. And they say no. And mm. like, well, 
the close up on Sonny's face. Now you can't leave. Yes. <laughs> and that that scene was really, really well done. I, I like how it was shot, you yeah. know, because he, they asked us like, hey, they're saying that uh, we just wanted a couple of cold beers. You know, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. You know, what, we're acting like our money's not green here. You know, what's the problem? He was like, um, he's like, well, it's spoken like a, a true gentleman. You know, go ahead and give him a few beers. You know, he capitulates. You know, he lets mm-hmm. it happen. And while that's happening, the camera is going over and looking at, uh, at Sonny and his guy. I can't remember. I think it's uh, Jimmy Whispers. Yeah. And they're sitting there talking. And you can't, you know, see what they're saying, but there's a conversation happening. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy goes, off into the back room which i didn't notice the first time yeah yeah, no. yeah jimmy jimmy walks off into the back room and uh sunny takes a c and they just go out to the door and they're just looking around and everything and then of course some shit pops off which sunny was ready for mm-hmm. and as soon as it does locks him inside the bar and i love that moment just another just tracking face to face <laughs> to face just oh dad did we fuck up yeah and the narration <laughs> is going and they were known for breaking bars mm-hmm. but at this point they knew that made a fatal mistake yes like, whole narration that line was so <laughs> yeah and they just they come out and whoop their fucking ass and no, another thing that i like about that at the end of that when they 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 whoop their ass they drag them out of the bar they wreck the bikes and then directly after that there's a there's a little kid he looks like he's like five or six years old mm-hmm. walking a dog like right past all these guys that are beat up and like trying <laughs> to like manage to breathe just a kid just because i'm like to him it's like okay yeah this is my neighborhood like i yeah. see this kind of stuff all the time this is normal to me come on dog we're just walking yeah, <laughs> yeah. get out of here yeah just like from like good from from robert de niro was like you didn't you that, that's a touch like you didn't have to add a kid walking his dog besides that for the juxtaposition right. but you thought about it and you did and i fuck with you <laughs> like you did that yeah man robert de niro shows some really great directing skills yeah. in here and i think he co-wrote the script too with someone else uh yeah he he helped adapt it yeah 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 uh i mean i think i think all in all in all man it's it's a great film and it's a great work by robert de niro like through and through i oh, think yeah. it's phenomenal yeah i'm i'm i would like to see more things from him you mm. know in the future but yeah this is yeah. it's awesome the one thing my my main criticism and really i was bored of the movie mm. like the most boring parts of the movie for me when it was Kalajira was a kid mm. like they were the most necessary parts of the movie yeah. in terms of like plot and like story and yeah. getting these characters Just right exposition. yeah but i just like i'm not like i don't like uh, fuck, i don't like um Child performances a lot. Mm. They I tend to be on the like the negative side of them a lot of the time. That's like a little personal, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that's an opinion. That's yeah. an opinion. Like for for a child performer to yeah. like really win me over, they have to do like an amazing job. Mm. And the kid that played C was great, but he wasn't super amazing. Uh, no, I'll give you that. So as far as was, acting, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I was kind of like, all right, I'm buying it, but we I kind of want to get the fuck away from this kid, you know. Yeah. So like, and it was like a solid forty minutes of like exposition with this kid. So mm. like, that was the, the my least favorite part of the film. Mm. But I liked any time that it wasn't the kid talking. I liked watching the movie through the kid's eyes. Yeah, and like his point of view. But I didn't like people interacting with the kid. I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll dock him. I can't dock him as a kid, but I will yeah. dock him as not a great kid actor. Right. You know, but yeah, he wasn't the greatest of kid actors. Right. So, but yeah. And it's not like it's, it's, it doesn't really take away from the movie. It's just like mm. that was the, the first, the first 40 minutes of the movies were just the minutes I wanted to get away from the quickest. Mm. I wanted to get back to the, the, the teenage Kalojira, mm. which I didn't know was, I didn't know if it was going to happen. So I was just kind of like dreading having to watch an entire movie with this fucking kid. Mm. And then he grew up and I was just like, okay, good. Yeah. Good story. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, uh, all in all, I think the movie is fantastically directed. Yeah, he did his thing. Robert De Niro shows some real restraint. and he shows did. some real strength at knowing where to put the camera and how to yeah. do it. Yeah. And, like, the scenes of when the kid's driving, riding in the bus while the dad drives. Yeah. They were consistent throughout the entire film. 
meaning that it was the same shot of the kid and the and yes, the, the dry and the bus, shot which somewhere. are tiny things that are really appreciated because mm. it, it it implies that there's a sense of routine, and it implies that these characters are living even when we don't see them in the camera. Yeah. Which is great. And I love the little attention to detail like that. I love that after the bar scene, Kalojiro has a bruised face yes, until the end of the movie. Yeah. Um I I I love I love all of those tiny attention to detail. So I, I Robert De Niro did a great job directing, acting, and adapting this film. Yeah. What would you what would you rate uh, it? A like? rating, um a Bronx tale, uh eight point three. Eight point three? Yeah. I'm gonna go for like a seven and a half hey. for me. I think it's it's very good. I don't want to watch it anytime soon again because mm-hmm. it, it, it you have to pay it. Like you can't just watch it. You kind of have you to gotta like, pay attention. Be, to it, you yeah. have to be engaged to it. Yeah. So I'm not gonna watch it anytime soon, but I think it's a very fantastic classic crime drama. It definitely is in a coming of age kind of way. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's like de- depending upon taste, you know, yeah. if you're going to like this or not. Because like you said, it does demand your attention. Mm-hmm. So if you aren't someone that like wants to dedicate the time to a movie as opposed to like the movie dedicating its time to you, mm-hmm. you know, then this is not going to be up there for you. But like if you have hours, you know, of, of time to watch something, mm-hmm. you're not going to be upset that you watch this, guaranteed. Right, yeah. That, yeah. That, I think that kind of summarizes it. It's, yeah. it's a great film, um, but it's it's for those people that really like dramas yeah. in film oh yeah and otherwise you're just going to be a little bit bored if mm. that's not yep. what you're signing up to watch yeah i agree um but i don't know seven seven and a half i think great movie like great fucking two. film yeah. eight two eight three yeah get it the negro yeah. oh yeah and like whoever the rest of the cast did a great job too yeah Chaz and lilo and yeah they yeah. did their thing i wish i knew that actress's name because i recognized her from somewhere I'll, I'll i'll pull yeah. it up and uh we'll talk about it in the next segment cool i'll get her going uh we're done with this movie. We're going to go to television and movie premieres. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Uh, television and movie premieres. Hey, uh, this week in television and movie premieres, we're going to go from Tuesday, July the 3rd through Monday, July the 9th. We're about to have 4th of July. Oh, fuck. That's true. Yeah, man. How do you, how you feel? Good or bad about 4th of July? I, I'm ambivalent about 4th of July. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I like it because fireworks and noise and like the obnoxiousness of it. Like you I can be a I don't bag. like it because of fireworks and noise, but I yeah. enjoy the food and the friends. I like that I, I can both buy. of them. Yeah, both, that both. I can buy. Yeah, I, that, that, I'm an anxious person, so mm. fireworks make me oh, uncomfortable yeah. to some degree. I, I, I love it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just like that. Like I said, that ability to like I can't be a douche. Like if I'm just firing fireworks, mm-hmm. like on, in January the the seventeenth. Well, right. no, people will still do that because New Year's and they still have some left over from January. Yeah. Like, you know, like March. Yeah, like March. March. If you're firing off fireworks in March, like you're a douchebag asshole. Like yeah. why why are you doing this? You know. But if you're doing it on Fourth of July, Third of July, Fifth of July, you know, like yeah, you can do it. You yeah. can do it. So I, I like reasons when I have a, a good reason to be like a douchebag asshole. Like I'm definitely <laughs> gonna take advantage of it because I don't I don't get to exploit that very right. often. You know. That's true. I'm into 4th of July. It's my brother's birthday, too. Oh, nice. Yeah, he was born on the America's birthday, I guess. Whatever. Yeah. Is that? Yeah, that is. Yeah, Independence yeah, Day. Independence Day. Hey. It's, no, it's a day that Will Smith saved us from the aliens. He did. Get, get it right. He did that shit. He did that shit. He did that shit for us. He didn't he, have to do it. He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> he get, and he gave us his only son. <laughs> as far as the public knew. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> you know he has that second kid that he hides? He has oh, t- oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he has, he has Willow and Jaden, and, and, and those are the two that everybody knows about. Oh, he's got a third kid? Yeah, he has a third boy. I did not know that. That's I mean, it's like... um. I, think, I thought you were making fun of, of like, Willow. 
Oh no, 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 no. Yeah. It's like like the Drake thing. I mean, it's like having you have a kid that you don't know about or that you kind of hide. That's right. what uh, what happened with uh, Will Smith. But there was no internet in the nineties, right? You know, so it was a lot more easy to keep things under wraps. But people found out about it, and now it's just a thing that people don't talk about. Is that kid okay? Yeah, like he does very well. All right. You know, yeah, yeah. Apparently, Will Smith like sends him money and all, all the time. And okay. you know, I mean, I'll just, take it, man. Yeah, yeah. Just out of the spotlight. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, the first thing that we got comes Wednesday, July the fourth. It's the Macy's Fourth of July Fireworks Spectacular. <sighs> Mini fireworks. See, now what I'm not gonna do is yeah. I'm not gonna be watching fireworks on TV. Right. I'm not gonna be watching that. Like I'll I'll, I'll be watch I'll be fired as a fireworks. Yeah. I'll watch that in real life, but I'm not gonna watch it do it on TV. No, that seems that seems uh, kind of productive. It's not not the same for me. There's there's no danger. I'm not gonna accidentally blow my hand off watching That's it true. on TV. I need to know that I could accidentally <laughs> blow, blow my, my whole hand damn off. hand off for there to be any fun being had at all. <laughs> like I, I need that danger element. You know what? I understand. I understand mm-hmm. that element. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's like it's it's like driving. Mm-hmm. You know, some well, like I I kind of hate driving. Okay. But I like knowing that at any point while I'm driving, I might die while doing it. I, I never, th- yeah. yeah. I, 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 I never think about that. Like, if I think if I, when I'm in the car, like, I'm not going to die. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm no. When I'm in the car, die. I'm just like, oh, I'm absolutely dying. In the car. <laughs> I know that. And yeah. I just make my peace with it every mm. time I get into the car. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like if I'm in a car and there's a terrible car wreck and other people are in the car, like, everybody else might die, but I'm not going to. <laughs> just, there's no chance. Like, I don't see a possibility of me being dead in the car. It's just not happening. I like the confidence and, in, in, in like, your, yep. your body stability and yep. your durability. I even believe that I would survive, like, plane crashes, though. So it's, like, not oh, confidence yeah, yeah. in my body at all. It's irrational. That is the one thing that I like. Every time I like, I get into cars and I kind of like accept it. It's just like, all right, I might die today. But Mm -hmm. when I get into a plane, I just go like, I will definitely die in this plane. Oh yeah. And I gotta, I gotta do something to make that not happen. So Mm. I sleep a lot. Oh, in planes. I see it through. I'm like, even if like the plane yeah. like breaks in half, like I'll take my seatbelt off and then I'll like float into the air fast as fuck <laughs> yeah. and then I'll start diving down and then I'll like navigate myself to water somehow. You know, like I'll but just But the coast. impact won't kill you. <laughs> you know, like gently glide it into the surface like, of the I'll, water. I'll dive in like an Olympic swan diver, man. <laughs> Perfect landing. <laughs> Stick that shit. <laughs> and then I come up and then I just wade water for like 10 hours, you yeah. know, until they came and got me. And no sharks or anything is going to happen. None nothing. of that. There's no giant whales, <laughs> no sharks, no giant Jellyfish. None of that. No <laughs> fucked up currents that'll swallow you under. You'll be hanging out with no. Nemo for a while. Yep. You know, because mm. like if those possibilities would really happen, well, they're, they're, I guess yeah. I would be in your position. Yeah. You know, because yeah, if, if, if those things are actual reality, which they actually are, yeah. if I accepted those things, then it's like I wouldn't be able to function much. I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, no, it would hurt for me. Every day that I wake up is really a fight on how much I'm willing to accept from the world yeah. and how much I'm willing to shut down. Yep. I'll shut That's it down. really all that it is. I'll just shut it all down. I just down. have to pick my battles <laughs> <laughs> Like, none of that shit is real. I don't, like, nope, nope, death, nope, fear, nope, yeah. harm, none of it's real. Don't have to drive to it. school today. That's 30 minutes in the row. Chances are I will die. I got to make my peace with that today. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and that's, how, that's how I operate. Yeah. Things are fucking ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, so, so no fireworks. No, so no uh, fireworks, Macy's, yeah. No Macy's 4th of July fireworks. Don't happening. watch them on telly. Go get your own. Blow your hand off. Blow your goddamn you hand off, man. Like, come on, be an American. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that's an American. It's an American sign. You know, you blow your damn hand off. Uh, so the next thing is going to be Friday, July the 6th. Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee is hey, coming back right. on Netflix for another season. Was this a YouTube show that got on Netflix? It, was, it, was, it wasn't It was. on YouTube. It was on, um, I guess he just had his own website. But okay. he was uh, putting shows on his own website. And YouTube was taking it from okay. there. Yeah. But uh, now it's on Netflix. And 
this time is going to have Dave Chappelle, John Mulaney, Kate McKinnon, Dana Carvey, Zach Galifianakis, Alec Baldwin, Ellen, De- Ellen DeGeneres, Tracy Morgan, and Jerry Lewis. That's a really good series of people. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. I'm into that. I can't wait to see Zach Galifianakis on there. I think the only the only episode that I've really watched has been the Obama episode. Obama? Which yeah. I really, really liked. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Fuck uh, yeah, yeah for comedy dancing cars. It's still Seinfeld, right? Yeah, still Seinfeld, right, yeah. But that's a Friday, July the 6th, so check that one out. And the last one is Saturday, July the 7th. Bill Maher Triggered is going to be a, a special. Yeah, going to be a comedy special on HBO 10 p.m. this Saturday. You know he got canceled, right, from his HBO show? Mm-hmm. The HBO canceled. Good. Honestly, yeah. he was he was kind of a prick. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Like, the, I, I like I like what he did with um at the time in two thousand and like five or no two thousand and eight. Mm-hmm. I was going through the thing to where it was being pissed off about everyone has to be religious, yeah. and you know when the area that I'm in, especially in North Carolina, it was just everybody's Christian, mm-hmm. and that's the only religion that even exists. And if you're not you know Christian, then what are you? You know type of thing. And Bill Maher was the first like celebrity person that I was like, whoa! He, he made this movie called Religious. Mm-hmm. And I, just, I see that. Oh, oh no, okay, yeah, yeah. No, I, I used to love Bill Maher around yeah. the same time yeah. for the same reason. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the only thing that I still connect with him with because I like since then mm-hmm. he said some ridiculous things. He's done some ridiculous like despicable things. Mm-hmm. But it's just uh, that that part of me that was like reaching out so hard for somebody to just say that hey, we don't all have to be the same type of person. Mm-hmm. And him putting his face on it like that part of me was like, all right, go ahead, Bill yeah. Maher. That, that's it's a part of you that champions Bill Mayer. Yeah, like but, the small yeah. part that recognizes, but yeah. I think I disconnected from him like after 2012. I think that was the last year that I was just kind of like, oh, right. the year, okay, yeah. That I was like, okay, that's Bill Mayer's done for me. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, we're not But I still appreciate what he did yeah. in terms of like, like the anti religious yeah. ideas and the fuck, fuck you Christians yeah. <laughs> things that he did. Yeah. I'm still very mad at religion. That is not going away. What happened? I'm still very mad at religion. Like, I'm, that oh. it's not going away. And yeah. Bill Mayer is partly what culture that sentiment, and I appreciate him for that. Yeah, yeah, he did, he yeah. did, yeah. But uh, that that title with the triggered, mm-hmm. um, um, I I I kind of know, of course, what it's gonna be about. Yes. So yeah, I'm just man. like Bill, don't. I mean, it's your market, but fucking. That, that's you know? there we go. exactly. Yeah, that's his market. <laughs> He's trying to sell something, so it's gonna be craziness. But that's uh, that's Bill Maher triggered a comedy special on HBO at 10 p.m. this Saturday. Uh, going into movies, we got three. Wait, it's an HBO special? Yeah. Oh, they canceled fuck. the show, but you know, but he has a special. That's weird. I haven't heard a stand-up comedian having an HBO special since mm. Netflix? like four years. Netflix took that game. So when you said HBO mm. special, I just yeah. went like, oh, fuck, that still happen? Yeah. That is, that's very true. <laughs> yeah, Netflix is kind of taking that game. Yeah. Comedy Central and Netflix. Are, yeah, that's about yeah. it. Um, yeah. Anyway. The, uh, in movies, we have three movies. First, starting with Whitney. It's, of course, about Whitney Houston. It's a rated R, 120-minute runtime listed as a documentary biography, has a 68 meta score, and the rundown is an in-depth look at the life and music of Whitney Houston. Okay, so it's not a biography. It's a documentary. That's what, yeah. It's, okay, it, says do, it says do, documentary biography. Okay. It's listed as. But yeah, Whitney Houston, Bobby Brown, Bobby Christina Brown, and Sissy Houston are all going to be in this. So. Why does Bobby Brown sound familiar? Bobby Brown? Yeah. It's uh, Bobby Brown. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, 
I'm trying to think of what he would. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, 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 like, like my younger years were the decidedly outside of black culture. Well, no, so. he was past that. He was '90s. He was early '90s. Okay. You know, when he was very popular. But uh, he was in a group called New Edition in like '87 through '91. Okay. Um, then in the mid '90s, he got on to cocaine, really hardcore, right. and he married Whitney Houston. And then That's her hard. cocaine. Okay. Habit I knew got Whitney Houston. And I knew that when the time that she died, Bobby Brown got a lot of shit for mm. Okay, I get yeah, it. I yeah. know I know now why I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bobby Brown, Whitney Houston, but this is the movie Whitney. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are gonna see this just because yeah. a lot of people love Whitney Houston. I'll watch it when it comes on TV. Okay. <laughs> uh the next movie, a guy work. Um, a guy Adam, a really yeah. cool guy. Um he so told Adam? me he was gonna be seeing uh this movie this fourth of July weekend, the for, the first purge. The first purge. And let me tell you, Adam. That's not going to be good, bro. <laughs> That's not going to be good, bro. I think, hey. the, I think the first Perch movie was good in concept mm -hmm. and execution, mm -hmm. but... Just, that's a one in a time. That's, just, that's like a one. That's like a one bullet hit. When when yeah. I talked to him at, at work about it, I was like, "Yeah, it's kind of like the Jigsaw movie. It's like yeah. you can watch one, like the concept of what you're yeah. trying to do is okay, but you don't, you know, it's a one trick pony. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's like you don't do this over and over again. Like, I'll so. even give, I'll even give, like the Saw movies. I'll give mm, them two. three movies. Oh, see, so yeah, yeah, that's better than me. I give so, them two. Like yeah. the first three movies were okay. Yeah. The fourth movie got fucking ridiculous. Yeah. What, what, what is this for Purge? Is this the this fourth? This is the. Th Third. Third, yeah, because okay. they had the purge. Yeah, they had the purge election year. Yep, and then it's then this, this one, which okay. is a prequel to the purge. All right, because this is the first ever purge. The first ever purge. So I mean, we get uh, it. We get the idea. That know, could be an interesting exploration. Maybe if if it's done like like a character study instead of like a horror movie yeah. schlick, you know. I like that, that could it's, be fun. I like that it's only a 97 minute runtime, and I really, I'm really interested in prequels. I like seeing how mm -hmm. the sausage is made, you know. So yeah, I'm still not gonna see it right in movie theaters. Like I'll give it the benefit money. of the doubt. Yeah, me too. Same. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But uh, I mean, you know, it's a purge. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next thing is something. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna see this. Or hope not. you enjoy yeah. it, uh, Adam. By the way. Yeah, me too. I mean, yeah. yeah let's hope you hope you dig it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as we bash your movie that you've already paid for to see, you know, but I don't know, maybe it would be great. And if it is, please let us know, because, mm -hmm. you know, anyway. But uh, the next movie is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, it's PG-13, 118-minute runtime listed as an action-adventure, has a 70-meta score, and the rundown is, as Scott Lang balances being both a superhero and a father, Hope Van Dyke and Dr. Hank Pym present an urgent new mission that finds the Ant-Man fighting alongside the Wasp to uncover secrets from the past. Paul Rudd is in it. Michael Pena is in it. Walter Goggins in it. Uh, what was the what was the, the actress's name? I forget her name. Uh, Evangeline Lilly. Evangeline Lilly. She's really good. I don't know She's her. pretty much the thing that's banking me to maybe go see this movie. It's Evangeline Lilly. Who, who, where is I, she from? I, I don't know what she's been in. Me neither. But I know that I saw her in something and I really liked her. Okay. And uh, she was in the first Ant-Man, obviously. Um, but I know that she's a great actress. Yeah. That she's kind of the only thing that's banking me on seeing this movie because I'm so fucking done with superhero movies after Infinity War. Mm. Like, just give me the next Infinity War so we can see that whole bit happen and then we can go back to the pattern. Yeah. But, like, I don't know, man. Just, like, <sighs> fucking Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, she was in Hurt Locker and The Hobbit. The Hobbit, that's where I know her from. I didn't see The Hobbit. Yeah, it's okay. not a great movie, but she was good in it. All right. 
Well, yeah, well, that is that. Um, so that is uh, the Ant-Man and the Wasp. That'll also, can I say how, how annoyed I am how, at how similar that poster that you got for Ant-Man looks like the solo poster? Yeah, it does. Like with the, uh, um, the, the, the action in the background, with yeah. the streaking in the background. Yeah, it does. I kind of hate that. It very much does. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. It, it very much does. Anyway, yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp. And the Wasp. If you're into that, I think that's one of the, like, the most lighthearted uh, of the Marvel movies. movies. But I don't know if it's lighthearted enough. You know? I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah. there, there has to be something to watch. And if it's not Ant-Man, The First Purge, you know, uh, here, here we go. You, yeah. you, have to, you have to see one of these movies this weekend. <laughs> Whitney, The First Purge, or Ant-Man. You have to see one of these movies this weekend. You know what? If, it, if I have to see one of those movies, I'll probably go for Ant-Man. I'm, I'm going to check out the first purge. You're going to check out the first purge? No, I'm yeah. not going to actually do it, but oh, okay. hypothetically but we'll be doing yeah. this. Because <laughs> 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 we're not seeing any of these. <laughs> Definitely not. No. <laughs> but this is just hypothetical. I'm not doing it. But if it were, yeah. if I were to do it, it would be the purge. Yeah. <laughs> I'd hypothetically see the purge. Yeah. I just, Ant-Man is one of those franchises that I want yeah. Edgar Wright to direct. I just I, want okay. him to direct no, it. I'm with you on that. And every time that he doesn't direct it, I'm less and less interested in the franchise. Wasn't he signed on for the first he one? He got hired for the first yeah. one and then got sacked. I don't know if he got sacked yeah, or, he, or if he left, but yeah. he was no longer involved with the project. Yeah. But the first one I feel like was good because of the traces of Edgar Wright mm-hmm. that were in there because mm-hmm. he's so good at playing jokes visually. Yes, he is. But this one, he was not associated with the project at in, anyone what's, in any bit whatsoever. Nope. The trailers look kind of bland in terms of like, what it's gonna be? I think the best joke in the trailer is like Lawrence Fishburne dick joke. Oh, I don't where know. He's like, because Lawrence Fishburne wore the Ant Man suit before, mm. and they're comparing oh, how, how big, big they got. Yeah. So there was just like sixty five feet, mm. and like it's just kind of like, all right, that's a dick joke. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's about it. But yeah. I don't know. I'm cynical when it comes to Marvel movies at this point. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like, well, I hope it does well. See it at home. See it. I'm sure it'll be on Netflix in three months. So yeah, yeah absolutely. We'll Oh, did you did you fucking hear about this? Uh, mm-hmm. Three minutes. Okay. Did you hear about the the last Jedi shit going on on Twitter? The la- oh, remake like remake the of Last Jedi? Jedi. Yeah, I've seen that trend for a while. The fuck is happening on like the fucking Star Wars fans? Yeah, they're going crazy. Mm-hmm. No one's gonna give you two hundred million dollars to remake the Last Jedi. Get the fuck out of here. There's nothing wrong with the Last Jedi. No, and if it ha- yeah, and that's exactly <laughs> the thing. They just didn't like the movie. It was good. It was actually very good. I liked yeah. the Last Jedi a lot. But if it happens, if $2 million are acquired... $200 million. $200 million, Sorry, yeah. Jesus. $200 million are acquired. Yeah. Uh, for you to remake this movie, mm-hmm. I will be the first guy to buy the ticket to the remake because mm-hmm. I want to see how fucking good you think you are. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you sure. Yeah. I want to see how fucking good they think they are because everything I hear about them like on Twitter is just them shitting on the Jedi movie and then just saying how they could have done it better, but mm. everything that they say they could have done it better is immediately not better. It's, it's not happening. 0% <laughs> uh, chance. It's just so fucking stupid. It baffles my mind mm. how fucking someone went, I'm going to remake The Last Jedi, mm. and then 8,000 other people went like, yes, we want to throw money at that fucking guy. I mean... What the fuck? It's this internet. It's like someone saying, I think the earth is flat. And it was like, oh, I don't have to pay attention to that. Then 8,000 other people be like, you know what? He's right. The earth is flat. It's like, hold on, hold on, what? You know, you just have to nod. Just like, nope, I'm not paying attention to that shit. It just shit. feels like I like like I skip like like a week of internet time mm. talking about this. And then suddenly it's all over Twitter. Mm. That's what it feels like. I knew nothing about this until like two or three days ago. Yeah. 
And then it's just fucking everywhere. Oh, yeah. And I hate it. I hate that it happened. Get a fucking life, nerds. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Even Mark Hamill tweeted. It's just like, it's a fucking movie. Get a life, yeah. nerds. I yeah. love it. Anyway, that's it for today's episode. Uh, I guess I should do the spiel. Really? Shit. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at the FFS Podcast. You can find us on iTunes Podcast app, uh, Google Play Podcast. No, Google, Google Play Music, music yeah. app on the podcast section of the name for film's sake. Yeah. You can find us on Stitcher under the same name. Mm-hmm. And my personal Twitter handle is at Brian Archidia. I'm at T-H-A underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey. hey, so thank you guys for listening. I hope you uh, watch the Bronze Star. I think everyone should watch it. Yeah. And then bye. Great.